Welcome and thank you for tuning in to our third episode of the Peak Performance Program podcast. This week our guest is Lindsay Burns and she's been playing ringette since she was five years old. She's grown up with it as a player, instructor, and a coach. Lindsay has experience playing in the Canada Games and for the Canadian national team. Let's get into it. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on the third episode of our podcast. We're really excited to have you. And so I guess we'll just start by asking, can you sort of explain your ringette journey from the very beginning and how it's still sort of incorporated into your life today? Yeah, for sure. Um, it started at the young age of five. Um, I grew up in a small town. So in a small town, you kind of, you know, you, you play some sort of ice sport. So my mom signed me up for ringette because my sister was, and uh, that's how it started. Um, I still remember the first time I was on the ice. Um, I was a figure skater before. So obviously with the stride is a lot different. I remember putting on the other skates, ringette skates, and um, being on the ice and not moving far and people were lapping me and, um, you know, crying obviously as a five-year-old wanting to get off the ice. And I remember, you know, our coach or helper at the time just came up to me and, you know, smiled and, you know, kind of gave me a few pointers and, and, you know, said, this is just for fun. And, um, you know, it was even at that point, um, you know, I kind of felt, okay, this is, this is a community, um, you know, this, this will be fun. This will be fine. Uh, so yeah, it started at a young age and I played just out of McDonald. Um, and yeah, from there, just, you know, Went to, went to the games, went to the tournaments. You know, I remember the Kenora tournament was a really fun one. Um, and then maybe when I was 14-ish, kind of maybe uh, got a little bit introduced to the double A world. Um, I didn't know a lot about it. Um, but yeah, at 14, kind of the second year tween got a little bit more competitive and joined kind of the city, the city double A league uh, and played that. Um, I was fortunate um, to get kind of as a pickup. I know they don't do that now, but as a pickup to play at the Westerns and then after that kind of the Nationals. So that was my first time trying like going on a plane, you know, my first time wearing the team track suits, all that jazz. So um, yeah, and then meeting, meeting all the people that, that you meet and, and increasing your level of competition. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and then I guess everything just kind of flowed from there, right? Like once you once you start with double A, you kind of have more opportunities for to go to different camps and have different, um, you know, Canada Winter Games, right? I did that in 2003. Uh, and then uh, it was the, the National Ringette League that started in the open division. So played in that for a number of years. And then, um, yeah, you kind of just keep, keep climbing to the opportunities you have. Um, was fortunate to uh, play on the 2010 and the 2013 national team. And yeah, I guess at that point, you know, you're kind of, you look back and you're like, wow, I, you know, I made it, I guess I made it to the top. So it was, yeah, I was very fortunate with how things kind of worked out. I was just maybe right place, right time, excellent coaching, um, you know, parents that, that drove me around everywhere. So it just kind of all fell into place. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing to see how, something you almost didn't even like at the beginning just shaped up to be something that is so important in your life. Um, can you sort of take us through a bit of that process of the winter games and the national team and sort of how you got to that level a little bit? Sure. Like, 
you know, you play at a young age, you kind of just, you play because you're told to play, you know, you don't really know the mental aspect of the game and the, you know, the nutrition part, the training that's involved. Um, so I think, you know, going to the tryouts for the Canada games, you know, uh, different people come talk to you, your coaches talk to you about the whole process of it. And then you kind of, you know, it clicks in that, it, okay, this is like, this isn't our province. This is the, the whole country. And I'm, and this is, it isn't just ringette tournament. This is a bunch of different, um, you know, sports going on at that time. Uh, you know, when you get introduced to nutritionists and, you know, even you know, sports psychologists. So you kind of just realize like, wow, this is actually a big deal. You start doing, you know, off ice training. Like I know dryland training is pretty common now, but it, it sure wasn't, you know, back then you start hitting up the gym. Um, so just being exposed to like the kind of all encompassing part of being an elite athlete is pretty empowering and um, realize that it's not just showing up at the rink. It's what you do outside the rink. It's your preparation mentally, nutritionally, all that stuff that, uh, you know, that, that goes into, um, you know, being prepared to play at your best. Exactly. Yeah. It's as much work off the ice as it is on the ice to get to that level and to be able to compete at that level. Um, what are some maybe advice or some tips you would give to someone younger who's hoping to maybe get to that level or how they can keep working in a time like this when it's harder to get in the gym and to get on the ice, but they still have those goals? I think the biggest thing, like even being a teacher now too, like everybody's a lifelong learner and, you know, listen to your coach, right? Like the being open to challenge yourself to different things, to practice your skills, to continue to um, improve is a big thing. Never settle for where you're at right now. Always look for, for the next thing. Um, right now, it's definitely hard to, to even maybe even consider setting goals because where are you going to practice? Where are you going to play? Um, so I would, my, you know, kind of advice for people that are in that slump, you know, I think we all are in some way is, you know, I, I think things will get better. Um, there are things that, that can be done. I think even, um, you know, following with on Instagram with ringette, uh, Manitoba ringettes, like, um, you know, there's tons of things, nutrition, nutrition wise, mental wise, uh, different things that you can be doing at home, uh, that can at least help that. So we're ready for hopefully next season in September. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you're a teacher and how maybe ringette sort of has impacted, your life in teaching and coaching and instructing and how those sort of play a role together. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Another thing that kind of came about with opportunities with playing ringette is like a job and making, making money. Um, you know, I started instructing maybe when I was, you know, 14, just, you know, through McDonald. And uh, at the beginning I was really intimidated. I felt like, you know, what do you say to the kids? I, you know, I didn't, you know, I was completely out of my element and it was just, you know, other instructors, older instructors and coaches that kind of, you know, trained me or I, you know, I modeled what I should be doing. Uh, and then from there, um, yeah, I kind of, you know, I was working various camps and, and, you know, then going out to people's practices. Um, and I think seeing how I could help athletes get better um, and learning how to speak to kids that are younger um, kind of got my interest into maybe becoming a teacher. Um, and I definitely don't regret that. Uh, and even as I was studying to be a teacher and I've been a teacher for 10 years now, I still enjoy instructing and coaching and, um, 
and just yeah sharing my knowledge in that way so i think yeah being an instructor probably had a, an impact in my decision to to be a teacher because uh, you're, you're teaching people things so at least yeah i know I, I i think that it did have an impact yeah definitely those skills are so transferable and building those relationships with people are such a huge part of sport and life so can you talk a little bit about how relationships in ringette have sort of impacted your life whether it's with teammates with players you're coaching or coaches you've had and sort of how that plays a role in your life today um yeah yeah like i said um yeah the ringette's a small tight-knit community so i've definitely you know made like some of my best friends are people that i played with uh and i think you know maybe any sport but ringette especially you really build that tight-knit bond you know my friends have seen me at my best and my worst. And, you know, you know that they have your back. Uh, it's also with coaching, it's, it's, it's neat to um, have younger girls that you can run into at the rink, you know, whether they're cheering for you while you're playing or, you know, you're just passing by and, you know, a nice, nice hello. And, and um, yeah, it makes you, makes you really kind of happy to be part of something that's, that's uh, you know, a shared passion with so many people. Sure. Yeah. Relationships are something that makes sports so fun. So it's so awesome how the ringette community is so tight knit and everyone seems to know of someone, you know. Um, so what would you say is maybe your favorite memory of ringette, whether it's from playing or coaching or instructing or yeah. What's something that you look back fondly on? <laughs> That's a tough one to like narrow it down. Um, I, I'm, I'm so bad at like remembering specific games. Um, and I think one of the reasons is I, I think when I play, like I'm, I'm a competitive player and I get into this flow I call where like, I, like you're on the ice and you're just reading and reacting and, and I would come off the bench and I would totally forget what even happened. And, and uh, that's kind of just like when I hit my competitive switch that just, that's the way it goes. So it's hard for me to remember like specific you know, who we played, when, what, what the score was. But I do remember playing for Prairie Fire uh, one year and we were down, we were down a few goals and we just kind of fired it up. Um, and this was a, a game winner and we needed, we needed to score in like eight seconds, something ridiculous. Uh, and it was like a tic-tac-toe. It started at Elise, our goalie at the time, and it was a breakout and boom, boom, boom. And Andrea Ferguson put it in the net and uh, like the bench went wild we went wild I think it was I think it was actually the first time we beat Wham Edmonton Wham um so that I mean we get together now and we can talk about that so so I mean I don't know if I could say that was like that like the best moment but that's definitely up there where like everything just kind of aligned and you know we just lost it we were just amazed like just so pumped mm -hmm. that's one example of the many that I've probably had yeah it's so awesome how everyone just comes together in sports and you can have those great memories with your team and I hope we can get back to that soon and COVID can oh, go away at some point um and so the Manitoba games are coming up for a lot of athletes and I know you played at the Canadian Winter Games which is similar in an athlete village and you're playing in this big tournament um what are some of your memories from that or advice you can give to someone who's looking to play Manitoba games, maybe it's a bit of a smaller scale, but definitely the same feeling of community and play and yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I actually coached the Manitoba games um, with two of my good friends. Uh, I, I don't remember what year, but it was in Portage. Um, 
yeah, the Manitoba games is awesome. Like, you know, whether it's a smaller scale or a larger scale, it still has that really competitive uh, atmosphere and environment. So I think if anybody like wanting to try out or thinking about it, definitely, definitely put your name in. Um, it's just another opportunity to see, you know, to see what you can do and to, you know, an opportunity, um, you know, to meet, to meet new teammates. And um, whenever it's, it's almost like a, you know, a tournament on steroids, right? Like it's like you, you, you get to stay together, you get to eat together, you get to play, you know, team bonding games. So I think any opportunity that you have to, to try something a little bit more competitive would be, would be something that you would definitely want to look into Mm -hmm, and give a try for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I know coaching has definitely been something that you're into and that sort of led to teaching. So what would you say to someone who is maybe thinking of getting into coaching, but they're a little bit nervous or they're not sure sort of if that's, if that's for them, um, what's something you would say to them? Cause that's definitely something that's been a passion in your life and has definitely helped you later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, you know, put yourself out there, try, uh, you know, you don't have to take on a head coaching role from the beginning. Um, but ring at Manitoba offers, you know, coaching clinics, uh, to, to gain some experience it's always good whether you're coaching or instructing um, just to get experience. Like, like I said, ring at Manitoba offers a lot of training for both instructing and coaching. Um, I think it's, we all love playing ring at, but coaching is definitely a different side of it. Um, And I think any player that plays has a lot to offer as a coach. Um, So I think if it's something that you're thinking about, but maybe a little bit intimidating, that's intimidated by it. That's totally a normal feeling. Um, but to, to try, to try as a, you know, an assistant coach, as a helper, as a, you know, volunteer for your younger siblings team, you know, there's a lot of different um, opportunities to get involved. And I think, you know, coaching as well as playing, they're they're both so rewarding, but in different ways. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to join us on our podcast. We're so thankful and lucky that we got to talk to you and sort of pick your brain about your ringette experiences. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was was good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MB to stay in touch with the Ringette community.